In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. One of the Gospels that we heard today, there was a section where it says that, and another of his disciples said unto him, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said unto him, Follow me, and let the dead bury their dead. And when he had entered into a boat, his disciples followed him. What does it mean where Christ says, let the dead bury the dead? So how can, a, how can people that are dead bury a dead person? But when we read the interpretations of the Holy Fathers and not try and interpret things ourselves, we will understand that when Christ said, let the dead bury the dead, what he means by that is, let those who are spiritually dead Today, there are many who are spiritually dead. Few are alive. So even though, as the Holy Fathers say, that you can see a person walking, talking, eating, sleeping, celebrating, working, etc., they are spiritually dead if they are not in communion with God. Why would someone choose to be spiritually dead? Now, of course, there are some who are ignorant that they are spiritually dead, and there are others who willfully are spiritually dead. The second group are in much danger because even Christ himself says, as we read in the Revelations, the last book in the New Testament, we read that St. John, when he saw the vision there, it said there that Christ said, I prefer the hot or the cold, but the lukewarm I vomit out. So how can, wouldn't Christ prefer someone who at least is lukewarm, meaning they believe somewhat, they go to church a little bit, but here he says, I prefer those who are hot, meaning those who are spiritually leading a life, based on the commandments and the church. And then he says, I even prefer those that are are cold, those who have nothing to do with the church. But then he says, but the lukewarm, I vomit them out. Why would he speak like that? Why would he use such a hard expression and say, the lukewarm, I vomit them out? We also, when we read the, those who read the Bible and read the New Testament, we saw there that Christ being the incarnate God, in other words, that God became man in the person of Christ, we see there that his attitude, that God's attitude towards the Pharisees and the scribes who were the religious leaders of those times, his attitude towards them was very negative. Even for prostitutes and for other sinners, he was very loving, forgiving, etc. But when he was dealing with them, he would say harsh words like, Woe to you, Pharisee scribes, because you look like a grave which on the outside looks clean, looks white, but inside it's full of dirty bones and things like that. 
such harsh words. Then we see in another part of the gospel when he went into the temple and he saw those who were selling in there and exchanging money because people would come to Jerusalem from all over the world. Money changers. And he formed, he got a, like a, some type of whip and he started to use the whip, obviously not on people, but he also turned the tables around. And he knocked the tables over. Why would he do that? Because nothing is worse than a person who knows the law of God but chooses to ignore it. Those who are cold don't know a lot of them. They don't know. They're not consciously denying God. They might not have ever been given the opportunity. But where it's very, very bad is those who might even have come to church at times, hear the gospel like you heard today, seven readings and so many prayers. There are many Orthodox who go to funerals and listen to the priest doing a sermon. We hear the gospel being read, that whosoever believes in me shall have life everlasting and all those things that are in the epistles and the gospel during a funeral service. And yet, people come, listen, ignore, go home and continue to lead a life which is not according to God's commandments. That is so serious that when someone does that willfully, then God takes away his grace. And that person, in the true sense of the word, is spiritually dead. As I said before, that there are many who are willfully spiritually dead. There are people who go into the altar and help the priest who are spiritually dead. There are chanters who do not lead a spiritual life who are spiritually dead. There are also priests who serve in front of the altar but are spiritually dead. And this is so fearful for us to be in a state of spiritual deadness. At the last judgment, whether someone wants to say there is one or not, there will be. And at the last judgment, we will give word. The first group to give word are those who know God's law and ignored it. Those of us who know God's commandments and ignore it. People need to be, all of us, we need to force ourselves to be spiritually alive. It doesn't come easy. Why? Because the world is so powerful with its distractions and the devil makes sure that people are absorbed in worldly things. His job is to make people to not come near the church, or if they come to church, as I said before, that they be dead. That's his job. And today, more than ever, the distractions that Orthodox Christians are confronted with are great. We have the television, we have the internet, we have 
all types of media there, a lot of books and things, but also we have a lot of entertainment places. And all these places, a lot of them, obviously there's some that have use, but in general, the purpose of them is to keep us away from God. Now some people might say, I find it hard to believe that there's this fight between uh, between like God and the devil competing who's going to get that soul. God with his mother, with the angels and the saints are all there trying to bring souls to the kingdom of heaven while the devil and his demons are trying to bring souls into hell. Even though he himself is going to go to hell, and he knows he's going to go to hell, but because he's blind, he, he doesn't really think about that as much. All he's interested in, in his madness, is to take as many souls as possible there. He rejoices. He, that's his pleasure. Because he hates God so much, and he knows that God is saddened when people are lost, he wants to as he believes to inflict pain but God of course is passionless but he still grieves over those who are lost or have been lost. So as I said before because of all those distractions because of the evil spirits because of all those things people are distracted to the utmost and people have to make an effort. To do sins is easy. To go out and celebrate is easy. To watch television is not even any effort at all. It's just so easy because most people are brainwashed now. To sit in front of the internet, people can sit for hours. They even had on, the, on the, some news or somewhere there that they said that young children that are on computers continually now on those iPads because they've got their heads down that actually their backs are similar to the hunchback of Notre Dame. In other words, they've got a permanent hunch. They're like old people because they're always texting, things like that, or playing with those computers. So that's easy. But Christ says himself that to attain the kingdom of heaven, the road is narrow and difficult, while the road which goes to hell is wide and easy. So Christ says that right through the gospel. Why? And, the, and all the saints speak about that. Because there must be an effort. Now some can say, why should there be an effort? Why doesn't God make it easy? Because we have to prove that we want the kingdom of heaven. Because what happens is, if we don't want it, if we don't desire it, even when someone dies, but they've never wanted it, even if God takes that person and puts him into heaven, that person will be still tormented that he's in heaven. Because he's never wanted. God created the angels with free will, and he created Adam and Eve with free will. And that free will is very important. If we haven't got free will, then we're robots. Zombies, if, not that they exist, but just so you can get an understanding. 
So God is given free will. And we can see that free will in that many of the angels who were created went against God, became disobedient and fell away and became demons. We also see free will in paradise where Adam and Eve of their own choice disobeyed God's commandment. Now, people might not understand, but this is the greatest gift that God has given a person, free will. Can you imagine, for example, being married to someone who doesn't want you, but you force them? What kind of marriage is that? Hell on earth. Or if you had a friend who doesn't really love you at all, doesn't care about you, but in a way you force that person to be your friend, what's that? Hell on earth. Well, it's the same thing in the, in, when we say that God does not want robots. He doesn't want people to be forced to love him and to follow him. He wants people of their own. And that's what the church preaches, unlike other religions where they're very forceful. The Orthodox Church has that freedom where a person can choose to be a true child of the church to be a child of God, to be obedient to what the church teaches, or not. The church doesn't force anyone to come to her and be obedient to what the church teaches. Then if that's the case, as I said, then we'll have a church full of uh, zombies, robots, and things like that. And that's not what we want. So we have to make an effort. And we make an effort simply by making an effort. We all know what an effort is. Those who make an effort to do well at sports, those who make an effort to get a job, make an effort to pass university. Everyone makes efforts. But rarely does anyone make an effort for their soul. And that's something which is up to the person I will tell you that even though it says that it's difficult and broad is the way that leads to hell, but narrow is the way to leads to heaven, that's true, it is difficult. However, when someone takes one step towards God, God takes a hundred steps towards him or her. So that's all God wants. He wants that want, that desire. He wants the person to make an effort. Once the person makes that effort, then he comes along and gives the person richly of his gifts, the grace of the Holy Spirit. But, from my experience, I've noticed there are many who are scared to come towards him. Many who are scared even though they go to church. Many who are scared, who even, just, who even go to confession at times. So what are they scared of? How can they be scared if they're going to church? Because as I said before, they are the living dead. In what way? Because what God wants of us 
initially, when we say go towards him, he wants us to acknowledge our sins. He wants us to acknowledge that we have sinned, that we have fallen short, that we are not doing the commandments. In other words, he wants us to have self-knowledge, which even the pagan Greeks knew the importance of self-knowledge. The pagans who didn't even know the true God. But they knew, they had worked out that for a person to become a better person, in the, on, their, on their level, what they that the person needs to have self-knowledge. Today, people are scared to know themselves. And that's why these, a lot of people today are alcoholics, a lot of people today are gamblers, a lot of people today are on drugs, whether legal drugs or illegal drugs, because there's legal drugs too. Today, the most dangerous are not the illegal drugs, the most dangerous are the legal drugs from the doctors, the new drug pushers there. Now, they are making people into virtual zombies. People today can't even die with a conscience so they can actually even have time to say, God forgive me, like the thief on the cross. What they do is they make sure that they give that person so much, so much drugs that the person is completely out of it and that person can't even say, forgive me, before their death. So, alcohol, drugs, distractions, careers, television, internet, a lot of those things are very effective in making a person numb, unfeeling. And what's the purpose? So the person doesn't see themselves. People are running away from themselves. Marriages that are in disaster is that people don't want to see themselves. Problems in the church are because people don't want to see themselves. Because it's painful for one to see themselves, for all of us, it's painful. And as I said in the talks that we do here, that in the 60s there was this new thing about psychotherapy where people would go to a psychiatrist and open up their past, their childhood and things like that. They've stopped a lot of that now. They, they noticed that a lot of people were committing suicide and were becoming worse. Why? Because the psychiatrists were helping people to see themselves and what people were seeing was so painful, whether it was bad experiences from when they were young or whether it's whatever, whatever's in them. There could be a lot of reasons why people are like that. Whatever the point is, that people found it so difficult that a lot of them committed suicide, a lot of them became worse and became schizophrenic and things like that, permanently ill. So now they just give pills and make people numb. But the point there is, what does Elder Porfirios say, who's now canonised as a saint a few weeks ago in Greece, Saint, saint Porfirios, that he says that this is dangerous when someone opens up a soul 
without the grace of God. The psychiatrists do not possess the grace of God. That is given to the church through the priests. When a person begins to discover themselves with the grace of God, then the pain is not anywhere near what happens without the grace of God and also healing takes place. What's the point in opening up our wounds to someone if they can't heal us? And being zonked on drugs continually is not healing. Even though some people are quite serious and they need some help. We need to examine ourselves, look at ourselves with God's grace. The married people should look at themselves. Why do they treat their wives in a certain way? Why do wives don't treat their husbands in a certain way? Why are people treating their children in a not inappropriate way? All of these have reasons within. And a person needs to be honest. Some people have, might have an inferiority complex. They don't like to be, uh, to be exposed. They don't like their faults to be said, which is the, a lot of people today. Why? Maybe they were put down by their father or mother when they were young. That could be a reason. They were put down continually. You're stupid, you're an idiot, you're a fool, whatever. Some parents do that. Continually putting down their children. When these kids grow up and become adults, they are still in fear that someone's going to put them down. That's a psychological problem. But when we come to the church and we lead a spiritual life, then a lot of those sicknesses, a lot of those problems can be healed. A lot of anxiety today, melancholy, depression, a lot of these problems have as their roots traumas from young, sins, um, uh, involvement in magic. There's a lot of reasons for everything. Well, we can't investigate why everything happens. But what do we do? As the fathers say, you start leading a spiritual life through sincere confession, through frequent communion, through prayer, through holy unction, through holy water, reading the lives of saints, reading the gospels, struggling to keep the commandments. If someone does that, then God will pour onto that person an abundance of grace so that they can see better days on earth. Better days does not mean a cancer-free existence or you haven't got uh, financial problems. That's not what we mean by better days. We mean better days within our souls. The saints went through so much. They went through persecutions, jails, exiles. They were attacked by demons. They were attacked by people. Hunger. They were tortured. And yet, even though they were going through all those things, they still had within themselves God's grace. And actually, those things that were happening to them made them receive more of God's grace. This thing of having a cancer-free existence or, a, or a no problems, no financial problems, and all, this is not orthodoxy. Those things do not stop us being saved. 
Those things can help us to be saved. What stops us being saved are our sins, not doing the commandments of God, unrepentance. If we fall, we get up, we repent, we confess, not participating in the church's mysteries, not having an interest in the word of God, like God's given us his word in the Bible, and yet we ignore that and we instead we read magazines or go and watch television for hours and the Bible sits there, if, if, if at all, if it even exists in the house, the Bible sits there with dust. No one, hardly no one reads it. But that's God's word. That is the word of God and only he can save us. Not the actors on television or the sports people or the singers, etc. They can't save. God saves. And as I said in the beginning of the talk, now I'm coming to the end, he can't save us unless we want. And one of the biggest judgments that we're going to have on the last day is that we disdained his, the Holy Bible. Disdain means we pushed it to the side. I haven't got time. It's not important in my life. I don't have time to read the Bible. That shows to God that that person's not interested in salvation. And as we heard today in one of the Gospels, where the parable of the ten virgins, where it says at the end, when they discovered that they had no oil, meaning they, they, the, the five of the virgins that were silly, it says that they weren't wise, discovered that they didn't have enough oil. Oil represents the grace of God which comes from spiritual life. Even though they were virgins, that's only one aspect, but they didn't have love for people, they didn't, weren't doing the commandments. And it says afterwards came also the other virgins saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said unto them, Verily I say to you, I know you not. So when we, we all will stand at the last judgment in front of the whole world, because some people say I don't want to confess because I'm embarrassed of the priest, but on the last day our unconfessed sins will be exposed in front of the whole world. So there where we all will stand and will be judged and our sins will be exposed, the unconfessed sins, then God will ask us, Christ will ask us there, did you read my word? And we will say, well, I had more important things to do. Some will even use demonic type of excuse and say, I had to bring up children. I was busy, I had to work. And then God will say, but did you have a Facebook? How long did you used to stay on your Facebook? How about texting? How about emails? How about surfing? I don't mean in the ocean. Surfing on the, uh, on the websites, going on different ways. Did you have time for that? Yes, but, but, but. And then God will say, 
Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Amen.